is me and Bert Kreischer. I had a podcast. They canceled and Bert subbed in. Thank you, Bert, for doing that. I think we had a really good conversation. We talk about the eight pillars of health. We talk a little bit about reentry. We talk about, I don't know, gratitude, journaling, all kind of stuff. It was a really good conversation right after I worked out and right before he worked out. So sorry for the not so fancy outfit, but I always like talking to Bert. Um, this is kind of how we talk in life anyway. So <laughs> thank you, babe. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> We just make out in front of this thing. Shut up. Anyway, I thought it was a good conversation. Um, thanks for coming back every week. <laughs> thanks. I'm scared he's going to come up by me again. Thanks for coming back every week. Thanks for your emails and your comments. Almost everybody who leaves a comment is a gracious, giving, lovely person. I'm always happy to hear any kind of constructive criticism. Always open for suggestions on how I can do something better. So please keep those coming. Um, if you haven't gotten your free water slides yet, they're right here and they're amazing. You go to freewaters.com. They're in camo, black and gold and the gold free waters camo has Priscilla in it. Oh, so cute. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for coming back every week. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy this conversation I have with Bert. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. changing my life <laughs> okay how, how so i'm really fo gonna fucking focus on being healthy okay are you still weighing yourself every day and showing it on Too instagram i didn't because the only scale i have back there is all gloss and you see my dick and it doesn't look good oh from the undercarriage yeah it Aww. looks really bad it's just a little looks like guy there's b52s I keep feel like I'm drooling out of my mouth. You are drooling a lot. Those B fifty twos, uh, the, they'll have a little Tourette gunner. Uh huh. So my dick and balls look like <laughs> from the undercarriage. So I got on the treadmill today, and I was, and I, I just got overwhelmed. And by I, what? By everything, by life, and then I had a panic attack. Now I think that you are finally going through your reentry today. Because really, we went to Austin and met you there, and then your parents came home, and you were so busy entertaining your parents. And then yesterday, we had a very busy day where I had two Girl Scout parties and a lacrosse banquet. Today's really the first day of kind of audio silence, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I think today's your reentry. I think that's so too. Oh, because this is Rochester, but that's fine. This is the Gwinnett Stripers for Fully Loaded. Oh, the Gwinnett Stripers. In Lawrenceville. And this one is the uh, another team I'm the doing. The Snakes? The, 
yeah, I'll put on the the sneaky snake stripers. How's that better? I don't know. I thought the red one was fine, so Halston will have to tell you. But you should probably take the yeah, yeah, the stickers off. Um, I uh, so that's I, what I think. I think you're having a little reentry, and uh, you always have it, and and it's understandable. You've been at running at one pace for a long time, and now you have to shift gears to a different pace, and it, it think your body kind of takes a minute to catch up. I have a really hard time with uh, reentry. You don't <laughs> like this hat either, Halston. What's wrong now? <laughs> What do you think? I think I... I think my brain looks for things to hurt me at times. You think your brain is punitive with you? I think so. I think my brain goes... Today, I got online, and I was like, I'm not doing that. I find myself to be a bit happier when I'm not on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I have been... Uh, less focused on social media and it's been it's been feeling better I, i'm trying to be present mm -hmm. and i'm trying when i think of doing a social media post instead i go why don't i just uh focus on the now and mm -hmm. and really be like last night i was in the in the hot tub and i was like no this is what as soon as i pick up my phone i'm no longer relaxed mm -hmm. i want to be i want to stay relaxed mm -hmm. and so um I've been trying to stay off social media, and it's been working. But my brain, I think my brain goes, but don't worry, we'll find a way to fuck with you. I think your brain is going at 1,000 miles an hour every minute, because you know what was happening yesterday? <laughs> yesterday, you, Your brain was going like this. Leanne, 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 Leanne. It's like, like you would, at one point you went, what, 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 what'd you say, what? What? And I was in the middle of talking to someone else and I turned to you and went, just one second. And you go, fine. You got so aggravated, but you literally going, what, 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 what did you say? What, what? Like that, like so rapid fire that there's no way I could have responded to even one of the what's. So I think your brain gets in that speed. And then when you're trying to shift your brain down, your brain kind of protests. And it's like, no, no, no. I actually like running at this like super fast speed. But it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. Yeah. Does that make? Does that sound right? No, no, it sounds right. I'm always okay. trying to think. I have so much shit on my fucking plate at all the times. You do. You and have I, all I want to focus on is is getting healthy. Like mm -hmm. you know, I, I get. I, I. But what is your definition of healthy? Well, it's interesting you ask because I don't think I want to be healthy. No, 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 no. I no. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> No, really. I actually had a long conversation with Sandy today about goals, talking I know. about goals. It was 40 minutes. Which one? Outside in front of her house. Oh, I had one, a 30-minute one on the way to the house, a 40-minute one afterward, and a 25-minute one after you came in and said, I need to talk to you, but I can't talk to you now because I'm going on a call. And I was like, well, I'll get off this call. Fine, I'm going on another call. So I talked to her again. You're the only one I can be dramatic with. I can be dramatic with Pete. Really? I don't think I'm the only one you can be dramatic with. I think okay, you're pretty you're right, much you're right. drama, pretty drama all the time. Is I always drama? Ever since I've known you. Your drama got worse after Travel Channel. Your ability to manage catastrophe changed a lot after Travel Channel. A lot, And your ability to hear someone else's perspective when you're upset 
changed after Channel Travel Channel. And I think because you felt so unsafe on a lot of those shoots and you felt like no one was looking out for you. So you had to look out for you to such an extreme point that you then once you get to a certain level of upset, the only thing you can deal with is your own upset. That was that's that's different after Travel Channel. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it's from trauma. I don't think it's because you just turned into some kind of jerk who my upset's the only thing that matters. I think it's some kind of survival, like fight or flight kind of thing that triggers when you feel threatened in some way or unsafe in some way, emotionally, physically, mentally. I think it triggers you into that back when you were on Travel Channel when I actually might die instead of sometimes just uh, being able to say, hold on, this this isn't life or death. I'm just upset. And every human being gets upset at some point, and that doesn't make me. Birth the Conqueror was where that started. I think it was, and it just continued on through Trip Flip and back through Birth the Conqueror. And it was that was very difficult for you, um, that whole journey. But I do want to be healthy. Like, I don't want to, like... But what does healthy mean? That's what I was saying. With, with Sandy and I, we were, I was like... People say these things like I want to be healthy or I want to be skinny. I don't want to be skinny. Or, I want to lose weight. But the, but then but what does that mean? I want to lose. Like, do you want to be strong? Do you want to run want to be, seven I'll, miles? So here's do what you I want to be do. specific with it so that you can measure it. I want to be healthy is an unattainable goal because you're gonna have a Super Bowl party and eat wings. And what are you gonna do? Beat the fuck out of yourself because you ate wings? No, at a no, Super no. I, what I need to do is I need to invest time in my in my health for these next three weeks okay so much so that when i go on fully loaded i feel i feel energized okay that's great that's, that's... and then and then when we get done fully loaded i want to i want to come back and get back on that health plan and and stay there for uh july and august yeah for july and august mm-hmm. so that when i go really honestly it's all about shooting my special i want to make sure that i'm uh I'm ready to shoot my special, and I don't. I, I two thirty five would be a great weight to be uh, under two thirty would be two thirty would be fine. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't like the way I look too skinny. I know what you mean. You know, there's a certain age where I think you, not that you should. Your goal should be that you have a pot belly or anything, but that you look at yourself realistically and say, "Do I look like?" what i'm supposed to look like i, I want to add a lot of muscle i really do and i know i'm a little late in life that's to a start. great no you're not actually no you're not this is the time where you have to start building muscle because it maintains your bone mass yeah i want to start adding some muscle and uh and i and i i think that if i get i i so the towards the end of the tour despite having Three people call me and and go, hey, we're worried about you. Mm-hmm. Two of them, I I completely blew off because mm-hmm. I was like, you don't you don't know me. I mean, you not don't know me, but like you're you just saw a video where that was really bad lighting and I looked really red, and you <laughs> thought I was had a fucking having a stroke, right? Um, another one called and I and I had a hard time placing where that was from, but. Once again, no no one's with me all the time. I, I think people think that I wake up drinking. Mm-hmm. I know, as a matter of fact, I know they d- think I do. Yeah, I think people think that, and they think that I drink all day long. And you don't. And then I drink during my show, and when I tell people I drink, I have my my first drink on my second show 
when I'm telling the machine story, or maybe a little bit before, towards the end of this tour, it was kind of, it was showing up at like I would get done a big chunk, mm-hmm. and then and then I'd and then I'd have a drink a drink like I'd get to 32 minutes, which is where I was getting lost. But I think sometimes people people you know see what you look like and you look like i look like shit mm-hmm. i look like shit i mean i looked at today's two bears and this was like my first day in austin and i just looked i know i looked like shit mm. and the lighting's bad because you like it's crazy in podcasts if you if you got if i had hair and makeup and i looked good which they do that's why they do that mm-hmm. so that no one goes god he kind of looks like shit mm-hmm. if i did that people would call me a fucking sellout mm-hmm. and, they, and, and they'd be like oh what the fuck you've changed but when i don't do it then they comment on that so mm-hmm. and, and and that that uh i did a, does I'm, that bother you yeah it does it does why because people say, i don't know I, I i honestly have i'm compl- i've completely removed myself from comments because i don't read them right I don't read anything. Oh, because right. your brain misconstrues it as something else. Is that what so, you mean? Yeah. So when I look at okay, so when I look at like bills, I don't, I don't obviously no, I don't look at bills. But like before I look at bills, I I my eyes dart because I'm nervous and I don't look at the right thing. And uh, <laughs> like a like a person with a very long last name. Wait, your eyes dart when you read? The the, the they like they, I can't just read a bill. Like. What are you talking about? A like bill? bill? I don't get bills. Uh, bills when was are, the last time you saw a bill? That's why, I, that's why I'm saying that, that was a bad example. But like <laughs> when I was single, when I was single, I get my account balance from Merrill Lynch, uh-huh. and I wouldn't even open it. Yeah. I didn't want to know what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I did open it, I just go like this. What, I don't know. What do you, what do you see? I what, think like, that's anxiety, hun. Well, when I see, I don't know. I, I forget why I started saying this, but when I see like. Oh, comments. So when I see a a long name, I sometimes uh, like Aaron. You know Aaron who books the improv. Yes. Her last name is Von Schoenfeld. Yes. I saw that on emails all the time. Mm-hmm. Why I never took a second to read her last name, I it overwhelmed me. Her mm-hmm. last name overwhelmed me, mm-hmm. and so I would just never learn it, mm-hmm. and I never would say it with confidence. Mm-hmm. And until Dave said it the other day, you know, Aaron von Schoenfeld. And I said, is that how you said I've known Aaron for fucking 17 years. Mm-hmm. I've known Aaron for longer. I've known Aaron my whole life in longer, comedy. Yeah. But what happens is some things will overwhelm me and I just will go, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at that. I won't look at that. And, and the, do you her, think that's fear based? Well, hold on. What What's that? What's I the don't, root I of that? Is it fear? Is it no anxiety? Clue. I don't know. I think it's. I think I'm dyslexic. Also, well, you are dyslexic. So, so I see things, and I just don't. I can't. I can't it. Co- co- process. Can't I, my process. processing is fucked up. Well, that happens with comments on Instagram mm-hmm. or on Twitter. I, I've been really genuinely off Twitter, like off Twitter mm-hmm. for a while now. Like mm-hmm. uh, I will. I will go into the verifieds, and and I literally I, because I'm afraid of reading something that fucks my day up. Mm-hmm. My eyes dart. And I kind of like look. Why do you do that? That seems like a waste of time. Well, I, I sometimes you want to be on Twitter just to like, to like, you don't want to miss some someone reaching out. Like, uh, a couple people have reached out about uh, certain things about disc golf, mm-hmm. and so I don't want to miss them reaching out. Like this guy, uh, I couldn't even tell you how to say his name because his name overwhelms me. But he's one of my favorite he's a disc golf guy. disc golf guy, and so I, he said something to me on Twitter, and I went. 
oh shit, I want to, I definitely want to hook up with him. I would love to play disc golf with him. Yeah. So that's why I look at Twitter. I don't, I'm not looking for uh, reward or payback or any of that. I'm looking to, for the communication that I sometimes uh-huh. need. Uh-huh. So that's why I go on Twitter is for the actual communication with other humans that I know. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're promoting Fully Loaded. I want to make sure everyone's retweeting. And then you're fucking killing me. What, what are you <laughs> laughing at? What the fuck? What the fuck are you laughing at? I think you think about too much bullshit. Yeah, I think of you course think- I do. This a whole conversation is about just a bunch of bullshit. How you're like, oh, I don't want to see any comments. Then don't I was, I pay tra- attention to no, them. But I was telling you, I read them wrong. I read them wrong. I understand. Your explanation of I read them wrong was like long. <laughs> so what happens when you read them wrong? Do you? Do I read you- them with like with malice. <laughs> you think that malice is coming your way? I, I, Why? I so malice. what does that cause in you? anxiety okay so you're afraid in some way of reading something negative Mm -hmm. and that fear is what's causing you anxiety yeah and if you read something negative what happens it fucks with my head why i don't know babe i don't know that's why i don't fucking read comments because it. But if you're not reading comments then they're not causing you anxiety uh i I won't even read other people. I was telling this to Tom the other day. I won't even read other people's comments because I was reading, I was in, I was reading someone like something on someone else, another comedian's thing. Yeah. And I went to leave a comment. And as I left a comment, I thought, don't leave a comment. Don't get even get in the mix. Cause I like, <laughs> and then I was reading comments and someone <laughs> said something about me and that guy's comments. I go, well, I'm not even safe in other people's comments. No, no. I just don't read anything. I don't read anything you post. Okay. I don't like I like I like the pictures. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'm very very sensitive, and so that shit fucks with me. Do you think you're really sensitive? You know I'm very. Sensitive. <laughs> you're very very sensitive. Do you know what I had to do last night? What? I had to do a legit talk myself off a ledge. Why? About uh, dropping George off at college. About <sighs> get, about if she, if she didn't want me to go. That's not happening. Where she's <laughs> dropping you off at college. But you know what's really interesting? I was just talking to a friend about um, how you communicate because my friend's husband is also very fragile on the inside. Yeah. Very fragile. Mm -hmm. And my friend and I are not so fragile. You're not fragile at all. And are... Uh, confrontational and I don't mean confrontational and like hey you want to fight I mean like hey there's an issue here let's talk about it whereas the fragile person on the receiving end of that doesn't function that way Mm -hmm. so we have another set of friends um who I don't want to say their names out loud but probably not who you're thinking of They, they live over by the airport uh this other set of friends and they went to marriage counseling years ago I don't know who that is and because the wife is a fire hoser and when she starts fire hosing, the husband can't process anything. So in counseling, the counselor said to the husband, hey, how do you best receive information from your wife? And he goes, usually when she like texts me or emails me, because then I can like, I can take it in at my pace. Oh, oh, that's because the worst for me. the wife is, I know, the wife is a very fast talker. And she talks so fast. She's talking like this. And she's saying this. I'm upset about this. And this is what's going on. And, oh, and I know who that is. I know process. who that is. Wait, is that? I know you know who that is. Now, now I that do. I've explained it. Yeah, now I do. So in counseling, the counselor said, well, if he receives your of information. Of course he needs a text. 
He's the slowest motherfucker around. Exactly. So, but then she started emailing or texting him. Hey, I'm upset about this and that and this and that. And that works for that couple. Ooh, I'll tell right? you what I, this is what I need. I don't need a text. I need you to text Peter. And then Peter. Oh, can shut tell up. Me. You I know work what works for way. us? What? Is a phone call. I need to talk to someone. I need to actually c- connect. No, no, no. You're missing my point. Every time you're on the road and we have, if we have a problem at home before you leave, mm-hmm. we work it out so beautifully on the phone. You know why? Because you're so sensitive. And I think for you, for me to be standing in front of you, um, having a different perspective, presenting a different point of view from yours is too personal for you. Mm-hmm. So for me to call you and go, here's my different perspective. Here's my different point of view. You seem to be able to hear it better. Yeah, I do. I do deal with things better on the phone. You do. It's less confrontational because it allows you to have yourself. And, and not be, like, confronted with all pieces of you. Anyways, it's an interesting thing to think about as a, a couple, not just as a married couple, but as a work relationship or whatever. I find it really fascinating to say, well, how does this person receive information that may not be the best information on the planet? How do they best receive it? Do they receive it like our couple friend at the airport in writing? Do they receive it like driving in a car so you're not looking at each other, but you're still talking in person? Do they receive it better on phone? I never thought about that. Oh, that's the way you're supposed to deal with teenagers. You know that. You're not supposed to talk to a teenager like face-to-face because it's too confrontational. Every book I've ever read has said the best conversations you can have with your teenager are either on the phone or driving so that you are driving and you can't look at them because it becomes very vulnerable and very... Uh, it requires a lot of openness for you to just sit in front of each other and look at each other and say, hey, I'm upset about this or, hey, I need to talk to you about this. You know what I mean? I do. I, 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 it's funny. I, I, some of the best conversations I've ever had with my mom or my dad have been in the car. Exactly. Because it's not like, so I need to tell you this really big thing, which is too vulnerable for most people. I got sad today. I don't know why I'm transitioning into this. Doesn't matter. I got sad today thinking how unfair life is. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's brother. <laughs> oh, Why is life unfair? Why is that your thought? Because Eddie Murphy's brother, Eddie Murphy loved his brother. Yeah. And then his brother died and he, now he's got to live the rest of his life without his brother, like his favorite person. Aw. That kind of bummed me out. I Wait, got, Charlie Murphy died? Oh, a while ago. He did? Yeah. I remember that. Eddie Murphy's best impression was his brother Charlie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um because he grew, you know, he grew up with him and they were very very different mm-hmm. human beings. But it's kind of crazy that life like life gets unfair like that and I've been very and I I thought just how lucky I've been that I got to I've had I've gotten to keep all my favorite people. Mm-hmm. You know, you miss you lose a grandmother but that's understood. Mm-hmm. I never knew my grandfathers. But you get, you get, I've gotten to keep all my favorite people. Almost, um, almost, almost. Almost. I've lost a, well, I've lost a few. Yeah. I guess, and I guess you get, you get, you don't get over it. You never get over it. You know what? I had a good conversation again with a friend about joy and how if you are able and you are really good at this, if you are able to access your joy, you can survive almost anything. If you can't access it, almost everything is insurmountable. 
you always can access your joy. I can always access my joy. Doesn't mean that you don't have a day where you're not down. That's not what I mean. I mean, like your general walking through life. Oh, yeah. It, can you access joy in your life? And you absolutely can. So if there's ever a time maybe you're feeling anxious or upset or or in catastrophe thinking, remember that you're it's kind of one of your superpowers because you hit the ground every day full of joy. It's very rare that you don't start your day in a happy, upbeat, this is going to be a great day. This is going to be the best night of our lives. I, well, I have a problem connecting with joy. Because I need everything to be the greatest. Like no, I, I don't I, think you have a problem connecting with joy. No, not a problem connecting with joy, but I, well, I overuse said. my joy, maybe. I Well, I think maybe you expect everything to be completely full of joy. And that's, that's not true. That's not reality. Today, I woke up and I got in the pool. And I, I, have, I, find, I, I'm, I find that I derive joy out of, out of rituals sometimes. Uh-huh. Like I find the thing that I like, and then I do it. Repeat it. And so, yeah, like so, uh, when we lived at at our old house, mm -hmm. my favorite thing in the world was getting in that pool and swimming back to, down to one side and mm -hmm. back to the other. Mm -hmm. And this pool's too big for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not. I'm sure I could do it, but I, uh, I definitely, I love getting in a pool in the morning and swimming back and forth and just sitting in the water. I really. Water is pretty amazing for me. I really love yes. water. Water is a very, very uh, regenerative for you. Mm -hmm. Water is something you always need to be dealing with. And if you know that about yourself, then you can do it. I mean, everybody needs to figure out what that thing is. Like mine is to be, I think I do really well just sitting outside in the trees and the green. I think you, well, you, yeah. I'd much rather be in the woods than at the beach. But I love the beach. But like if you if you said to me what really, really touches my soul is definitely like the woods and a river and like that. Yours is definitely the ocean. Yeah. So what we have at our house is a pool. There's your ocean and a beautiful yard. And there's my, my forest. Oh, yeah. yeah. We kind of set this up to. Exactly. Well, that's what everybody should do. They should find that thing that really connects them to whatever you want to call it, God, higher power, and find a place. You can find all of those. You have a bathtub in your house. There's your water. There's your ocean. You know, put a plant on your I window seal. Yeah, you do. I you are a water love, baby. When we lived in, in Detroit Street. I mm -hmm. used to love getting in that hot tub. I know you got in the hot tub. I, mean, I was like, all. Hot tubs for me all of a sudden calm me down. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's, it's like water. You growing need up to be in Florida, water. you'd get cold as shit in your house, mm -hmm. and then you'd step outside, and the sun would hit you, and we'd just go, and just slow your brain mm -hmm. down. And I like being under big trees. Do you really? Oh, yeah. My favorite thing is to be under a big, giant tree. Why? I think probably because when my dad had that log cabin, it was on 20 acres of woods. It was all forest, and I used to just get lost in it. It was the most peaceful, um, grounding time I remember, um, that and being on water skis. But I could walk out my back door and be in the forest anytime I wanted to at his house. I mean, it was on, it was, a, the driveway was a half mile long, and the property didn't start until you got at the end of the driveway, and all of it was just pulpwood. It was all pine, big pine forest. It was pulpwood. It's wood. It's just, they, when you, I don't know, this may be totally wrong, but that's what we called 
a forest that could be cut down for um, lumber. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think I fantasized of the ocean more as a kid because our I was embarrassed of the Tampa. But you ocean. had a pool though. I was a big pool. Yeah. I could get in that pool. Yeah, you were in the pool all the time. You've been you and you. Yeah, you're just a water person. Water really does it for you. You know, every time you would go back to clear water, either with or without us, you would get so grounded. It would draw you right back into where you're supposed to be. You know, you maybe can't get on a bath on a tour bus, but, you know, if you could find your way to water on so a regular funny. basis. So funny. One of my favorite places on the tour bus is that sh- I always shower on the tour yeah, bus. Yeah, it's water. I, I, as soon as I get in the shower, it calms me down. Mm-hmm. Whenever I was a kid and I'd get a flu or I'd get sick, I'd get in the shower. Mm-hmm. I love showering in the dark. <laughs> I know. It's so bizarre. I love showering <laughs> in the dark. I hated a shower because also in that log cabin, there was no heat. And in the winter, it was so cold. I didn't want to shower because I didn't want to be wet. Really? Yeah, because you're freezing. So I think that's part of why I don't like, I had hot water, yeah. but as soon as you stepped outside of the shower, you're in like 40 degree room soaking wet. So I was like, I don't want to be wet ever. <laughs> what if we, what if we moved up to, uh, what if we moved up to like Vancouver or where, where you, where they have big trees on the ocean? Oh, they have big trees on the ocean in the panhandle of Florida too. <laughs> Oh yeah, you've driven up there, like around Apalachicola. They have all those trees that are right in the shore. They're like pine trees or something. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel like I, I feel like I wouldn't mind living on a boat. I always thought that was going to be my life. Yeah, I uh, don't think I'd like living on a boat. I, I don't know nothing about boats. I never shower. <laughs> You never shower. Yeah. <laughs> you never shower now, and we don't live on a boat. <laughs> I, I, I'm I very so seldomly shower. I know because you're always in the pool. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I think I could probably count on one hand how many times I've taken a shower inside in our house. No, you've taken showers. No, inside I always take them outside. Yeah, you take them outside a lot. I, I love an outside shower. I know. It still it makes me feel cold. Being in a, that's the funnest part. Outside shower, I, yeah, it's it like makes dog chasing cold. its tail. I think seriously, I was traumatized by the no heat in that house and having a shower. Really? Yeah, it was freaking freezing, and we had little space heaters that we put in the bathrooms, which now in hindsight was not super smart. One time, I was so cold, I backed up to the um, heater and burned the back of my legs because I couldn't get close enough to it. I was so cold in that house; it was freezing. We literally had no heat; it was just a fireplace. Really? That's it. So if you weren't in the room with the fireplace, there was no heat. And it's, it's so, cold in Georgia. So then define my columns of health. Your so we have columns me- of health. Okay. Yeah, like we have mental health, mm-hmm. physical health. Mm-hmm. Emotional. Well, mental, physical. There's got to be, a, that's got to be like a website. The columns of health. Or pillars. Pillars of health. Let's see what it says online. Because one of the things that I think would make me feel, so I, I, this is what I was trying to say. One of the things that messes me up is when I, I think when you, when you look good, it's, it's such a weird thing. So I'm all about bo- body positivity, although I've, and at times I've, I've not maybe said that right, you know, but like when you, when you 
look when you lose weight and you look good and you're, you're healthy mm-hmm. i think people that then you become a little bit uh bulletproof because people no one gets to comment on i think the reason people three people texted me or called me was because i looked like shit and so they felt like they didn't need to know anything that was going on with me well let me ask you this then okay. based on what you're saying if you felt like you were eating well and working out and they still and you still look like you do now say you look like you do now nothing changed but you're running 7 miles a day with no pain mm-hmm. you're lifting weights like a maniac and you're eating super healthy and this is what your body does with that but it but, but no, no just hear me okay. out and then that comment came in would you feel differently, positive or negatively, because you would say, listen, I'm I'm fucking doing everything that I need to do to be healthy? Would you feel worse about yourself or would you feel like, fuck you, you don't know what I do, I'm super healthy? I still actually said, fuck you, you don't know what I do, I'm still super healthy. Okay. So one of them had happened right after I went to the, to, to the cardiologist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, wait hold on. I, I just got back from, the, like, I don't know what you're telling. I don't know why you're telling. I don't know where this is coming from. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't seen you in a while, and I don't know where this is. <laughs> the person who called, I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't seen them in a, in a year. Hell, I don't know. And so, like, they, they hadn't been around me. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, it's no one on the bus. No, it's, no, no. It's, and it's, it's not you, and it's not Tom. Then why do you care? It, well, it it's that old adage, if one person tells you you have a tail, fuck them. If two people tell you you have a tail, they're they're teaming up on you Mm -hmm. but if three people tell you have a tail you should turn around Mm -hmm. so at at the third person i was like all right i've gotten these i've gotten three of these calls now but hold on can i be a devil's advocate to your phone callers please how many times in your life have people said you have a tail when you don't have a tail me everyone tells me i have a tail exactly so at a certain point you have to go i am misunderstood i can think of so many examples of friends saying your husband is blah 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 and another friend saying the same thing and i go you don't even know who he is and that's incorrect but i have three or four people say the same thing because you're misunderstood just like back to what you said originally where people think you get up in the morning and start drinking at 9 a.m and drink all day you're totally misunderstood so perhaps you have to know yourself well enough to go this is where people are misunderstanding me you just visited your cardiologist. You've had a full blood panel. Everything is working and functioning as it should be. You're healthy. Mm-hmm. You're working out. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're misunderstood quite often, don't you think? I think I'm a lot. Yeah. It's fun. It's so nice when someone understands you. Yeah. Like to be understood. Yeah. Like the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life maybe maybe the best compliment i've ever gotten in my life mm-hmm. was from david letterman oh yeah yeah when he said uh i saw this guy who took his shirt off and mike binder goes burt kreischer and he goes yes burt kreischer and he's like and, and i'm like well, why is he taking his shirt off mm-hmm. what's this what's the, the what's the thing mm-hmm. and then i realized he doesn't mention it and he's just funny as shit and i was like that as so many times you get maybe it's not just a thing maybe there's yeah. no shtick that's just who maybe he is. it's just who i am yeah and, th- and i was like it is who i am and people want it to want it to, want an explanation of yes of why it's of why it's done and mm-hmm. i don't have one well i think the problem that people don't understand with you i was also talking to my friend about this this morning 
is that <laughs> this sounds really ridiculous, but rules for everybody else don't seem to apply to you. Like, obviously you can't murder anybody. And I'm not talking about those kinds of rules. Yeah. I'm talking about uh, your Mickey Mantle gene, the rules of science and logic and whatever that most people run on where your physical abilities are concerned don't apply Yeah. because you can run a marathon without training. You can win any home run derby you ever enter. And to look at you, those things, people in their brain go, that doesn't add up. And it's the same, actually. People sometimes say to me, I can't believe, I'm so your marriage is so amazing. You guys are such a great couple. But how do you put up with them, right? But I don't think they understand that the shenanigans that goes on on stage or on Two Bears, One Cape don't really happen in our house like that. Yeah, like there's, you, there's, a, there's uh, I think, I don't know, look, I don't, there are people that think, everything's a lie with me about that our marriage that i'm just out fucking cheating no no and no I think, and, but i think that that's they, what but i mean I think the that rules they go, don't they go, apply i think they're very simple-minded people who go exactly who go uh, who can be uh, famous and not cheat on their wife right who, who or have you seen his wife i mean she's 52 <laughs> have you seen her without makeup is rough I mean, he's no, got to be banging bitches everywhere. Have you seen her? A lot of a lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. <laughs> I'm sure they do. It's like it doesn't. None of the stuff. None of none of the algorithm of me doesn't add up. That's my point. So the rules don't apply. Obviously, you have to comply with the rules of society, but really only to an extent. You know, I was saying this to somebody the I don't other like day. Back pillows. Don't have it. There's. I'm taking my fucking shoes. Oh off. Jesus! Should I? Why wouldn't yeah, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um. I love these shoes. I really do. And I'm David not... Spade wore Asics on his special. Okay. I wear Asics. I know. That's Asics are nice shoes. I don't know. I think it's hard for people to wrap their head around so that when you get someone who goes, hey, man, looking a little heavy, the rules don't apply per se. Now, not to say that you can eat cheeseburgers every single day and expect no, it... to not have a heart attack. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. Certain rules apply, but they don't apply in the same way. I don't know. It's very confusing, I think, for a lot of people. I, I know I know for a fact I'm very frustrating to certain people. So, like exactly what I mean. That's one of the things that's happened to me a lot in my life is um is I th this is gonna sound weird, but like almost like a and I, I I make people irate that are the straight rule rule followers that go hang on this doesn't make sense mm -hmm. uh like my 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 bare, very beginning of my career i was working the door at the boston comedy club and you know six months months into working the door will smith discovered me and signed me to a development deal and there were there were people that were like that's this isn't fair mm -hmm. and i remember going like i remember thinking there's nothing fair about anything like you can't there's no we're we live in a society where there's not our society isn't set up on established rules like communism or socialism where like there there's inherent fairness not maybe it, there is or isn't but i remember there's people were very angry fairness. i remember i had a roommate one time that uh was livid livid because i remember that person uh she said um 
this isn't fair. It seems to be very easy for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know what you're saying. She's like, you're you're not worried. You're not like, I think life can overwhelm some people. And like, I I never let it overwhelm me. The 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 minutia, the the certain things just I just didn't never hit on my radar. Mm-hmm. I remember that person was really angry, and I'm I knew that person for a very long time. She's like, it just doesn't. It seems like you're not you're not you're not doing anything, but then you're succeeding. Like people look at my stand up and they go, and there are people that could minimize it to like, oh, he just rips his shirt off and t- gets mm-hmm. drunk on stage. Mm-hmm. They don't see maybe like that. That I, you don't get drunk on stage. Yeah, and then they're like, well, well, I say that too. They go when people ask me why you rip your shirt off. I, my answer is because he's from Florida. Yeah, because well, he grew I think up without a shirt. I think that's a big part of it. Is my is a big part of it. It's a big part of who I am. Is that. I grew up in Florida. Yes, of and course. By the way, there's terrifying things about Florida. Also, it's also well, my, yeah, my but... anxiety is, is because I'm from Florida. Why? Why I'm is your anxiety fucking, just? There's parts of Florida that are just fucking backwoods. Well, there's parts of everywhere that's kind of backwoods. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I grew up in a part of the world that's got some backwoods too. But there's some of those specific cultural things, like no one wearing a shirt, yeah. always wearing flip flops, that. I find, to me, refreshing when I see someone be just simply who they are instead of trying to conform to what they, quote, should be or what Hollywood wants them to be if you're in Hollywood. But I don't understand why you can't just be yourself and have that be what pushes you through life. I think when you which is are, what you did. I think when you are yourself, mm-hmm. you, f- you fly a flag up in front of everyone else who's trying to be something that they aren't. That's right. And for some people, that is frustrating. And it's those people who maybe don't know who they are, don't have a clear distinction in their in their path of who they are, who they want to be, or where they're going, or where they've even been from. A lot of this takes a lot of either. You have to be born such your own unique person, which I think is you, or you have to have reflected on your life a lot and understood the value of what you've learned and experienced and apply it in the moment. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a little more of that where I go, Oh, I grew up in this really small town with all these characters, with all these storytellers that inform who I am today. I don't know that I was a super dynamic kid per se. I think you were a super dynamic kid. What did you define that for me? The kid that uh, dresses as kiss. In first yeah. grade, oh, yeah, yeah. the kid that wears a Speedo and moccasins and is wild boy. I wasn't any of that stuff. I was a kid that yeah. just got dirty and never wore shoes and played outside. But at a certain point, I started reflecting on my past and saying, all of these pieces put together makes a really dynamic person. Whereas you just showed up a dynamic person. I think my mom protected me too. I think my mom. Your mom recognized it and went, no, no, no. We will be leaving this alone. <laughs> yeah man i remember i remember realizing that the world i lived in wasn't the same world everyone else was in i remember being i remember wearing i had knee-high moccasins and a speedo on mm-hmm. and we went to uh we went to uh university square mall mm-hmm. and it was back when that was like a really great place to go mm-hmm and I remember my dad being like, do you want to put on different clothes? And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, I'm, I'm, this is what I wear. Mm-hmm. He was like, do you, know, you think you're going to be cold? And I was like, no, I'm fine. He was like, buddy, I, 
maybe like a shirt or something. And I said, <laughs> Dad, I'm very comfortable. And I, I, I was unaware of sitting in that, I remember sitting in that car, almost shocked that he was crit- criticizing what I wore. I yeah. was com- extremely comfortable. When we got in that mall, I realized, it sunk in and I realized, oh, no one else is wearing this. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm almost naked. Yeah, right. Like, I'm almost naked. <laughs> I'm, and I, I look like Magic Mike. Right. And I remember I said something to my dad. He goes, uh, is he gay? Maybe you want me to buy you some clothes? And I was like, I guess. I was like, I guess I can't wear this anymore. It was like probably one of the last times, and then, but then, I up until when I was I was probably ten years old. Ten years old is when I I remember being shamed into not wearing speedos anymore. Mm, who shamed you? Uh, a, a whole community of people. Oh, really? Yeah. I, when I was ten, we went to. So I was probably. I was probably. Probably eight, when I stopped dressing up as wild boy mm-hmm. when i was 10 but i when i was 10 we moved into the the new house mm-hmm. and i still was just a speedo guy i was a definite speedo guy i mean i would like but i i wouldn't wear them i didn't wear them as much in public because mm-hmm. i was like I, I was like i don't want anyone to but like when i got home i put on a speedo mm-hmm. and then i was in a speedo for the day mm-hmm. and if we played baseball i played baseball in a speedo uh, with the other kids, ten seems old now that I think about it. It seems like I'm old. Mm-hmm. What is ten? Like fifth grade? I think so. Yeah. No, fourth grade probably. Oh, for you it was fourth grade. Yeah, fourth I was grade, nine in the fourth grade. I would get home. I'd put on a, a speedo, and then you know, it was our our neighborhood was very underdeveloped at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'd just be in a speedo on my bike in a speedo, barefoot. I never wore shoes anywhere. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get the the tough pedals that everyone else had because i could cause i was always barefoot mm-hmm. or no moccasins at this time and then we went and played baseball i and we went uh, uh, for our last day of commencement ceremonies i we were going to go to a pool party that day and so i thought well, I'll, I'll, I'll just put my speedo on under my um under my baseball uniform and i'll just wear my speedo I'll just, I'll be ready. I can go straight yeah, to the party. Yeah, straight to the party. And so I get to the thing and our coaches get us on the field. We do the, the ceremonies. They announce all stars. And I'm driving home with the Suarez's. And Chris has, Chris Suarez was a year older than me. Mm-hmm. He had made all stars. I was a year younger. I didn't make all stars for that league. It was too, the younger age. And usually it was just the older kids that got all stars. And I was driving home with the Suarez's. And co- coach, our coach came up to me and said, hey, I need your uniform. And I was like, beg your pardon? And he was like, I need your uniform. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, all of it. And I remember there was a kid whose parents had forgotten to get him his, uh, forgot to bring a change of clothes. And they had him wrapped in a in a blanket. Oh, my gosh. The kid was in his underwear. Right. And I was like, sure. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I actually wore my bathing suit. And I was like, oh, thank, in my head, I'm like, thank God I have a Speedo. So I take, I'm on the field, I take my shoes off, I take my pants off, I take my shirt off, I keep my hat, I, I have knee-high socks with stirrups, mm-hmm. my cleats, a Speedo, and a hat. Nice. And sort I, of wild boy. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, this is cool what I wear. And as I walked around, 
people would just point and laugh at me. I looked very weird. And Leanne, I went into the bathroom in Forest Hills, and I sat there mortified. Yeah. Mortified. And I remember being like, I got, I mean, Chris was playing in an all-star game. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was a full fucking full game. And then we went to the pool party. Right. The pool party was at Chris's house. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe it. And I walked, I remember walking around and everyone's like, what the fuck are you wearing? Uh, pretty shitty that a coach would make you take all your clothes off and then wrap one kid in a blanket. Uh, Could you imagine? Same coach, same coach put me, a th- I mean, this coach, some of your coaches back then were pretty traumatizing. Same coach, uh, coached with his brother and they had, uh, they had um, sons, I think, that were the same age, mm. coached with his brother and. I remember one night in the in the fall, uh, where he was. I was at third base, and he was, and he goes, "Hey, bet you I can, bet you I can." Chrysler's good at third base. Bet you I can hit a ball past him. He's like, "Hell no, not Chrysler. Chrysler, get on the grass." And so I'm on the grass on third base, and you know that's up close in the hot box is what they called it, and they are fucking grown men taking full cuts for a steak dinner to see who can get the ball oh past me. Oh, my God. I remember being like, I have no stake in this bet. Like, right. I don't, what the fuck? So that's the same coach who told me I needed to get naked. Oh and then, and then, uh, and then I went to the pool party, and I remember being the only kid in a Speedo at the pool party. Everyone else had shorts on, and I was like, what the fuck? People do not understand. Hung up my Speedos that day. Aww. Hung up my Speedos. But you're ne- back, baby. Do you know the next time I wore a Speedo? When? When we went camping? Uh, no, it was right before that. It was right before that. I bought a Speedo, and I thought, I really do enjoy these. Yeah. And I went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Reinstating the Speedo. I'm going to reinstate the Speedo. Wild Boy's back. And Gary Goldman, who is... Gary has always been one of the most open-minded guys I know. Probably one of the... Probably one of the biggest hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, never makes... Like... Uh, never makes fun of 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 and never punches down he had got a new house he had rented a house over by the improv and he was like hey i got a pool you want to come over to my pool and i was like yeah i fucking love to i thought if there's anyone i can wear a speedo around it's gary goldman so i brought a speedo i put on my speedo i walked out and uh dane cook was there uh-huh. and i was like and i knew dan i knew dane pretty well but i didn't know dane the way that well enough to wear a speedo. Yeah, and I and I was nervous because like Dane was just starting to p- blow up, and Dane's like, uh, "Is this a bit?" I said, "Nope." He goes, "For real?" I said, "I really like wearing speedos." He was like, "Okay," and then we all three sat in the pool and just bullshitted, and then and and then that speedo that speedo is the same speedo I went when we went camping. Yeah, and uh, and. I, I that was when I I fell back in love with Speedo. No, I take that back. You know what? I think I think it was when we went camping. I How think long? it was too. I, I think remember it was when you we went buying camping. that Speedo and going, I think I'm going to wear Speedo. Yeah, I think it was when we went camping. God damn it! And I said, uh, "You're going to wear a Speedo camping? Aren't that going to be uncomfortable?" And you said, "No, I love Speedos." And you did not wear anything else for two days. I kept that Speedo on. That's that's. <laughs> you had salt rings in your butt crack from that Speedo. Remember that, yeah, that big white a, salt that ring? Was a great Speedo. Croy wore a speedo that week too. I don't remember Croy's speedo. I'm man. 
It's amazing those formative things. You, you fell asleep. You slept in that speedo. You literally did not take it off for two full days. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty crusty by the time we, because you, you know, you've been swimming in the ocean. There's a lot of salt water in that thing. I kept that on all night. Yeah, you slept all night, both nights, Friday night, Saturday night. By the way, I, I, I know that I was fat then, but I wish I had that body back. You weren't like, fat. I know, then. but people, you could, you could imagine that you were fat then. We had Georgia, right? No, the first time. No, you. No, that time. time you wore the speedo, we were dating. We were just dating. I would love that body back. Yeah, that was an Yours awesome body. Yours and mine. Mine and mine too. Yes, mine too. Either of those trips for me. That was a differently Ann Chrysler. You ju you jumped off the rock. I did. You know, something happens when you have kids. I think it's not even like. I think it's not. I think it's like a chemical shift happens. Because you were dangerous bag. before. Yeah, I was a lot more uh, brave. With stuff like jumping off rocks into the ocean and jumping off a bridge into the water. And now I'm like, ooh, no, 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 no. And I think it's because I have kids. I think something instinctually changed, really. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Because in my gut, my gut goes, no. Really? Mm -hmm. No, you're not doing that, no. And before, my gut would go, fuck yeah. We're totally doing I that. love jumping off something. I do, too. But I think, I wonder how I'd feel about it now. I wonder if it just changed permanently. So I was definitely pretty fear-free with stuff like that until I had Georgia. And then I was like, no, I will I not I remember telling you not rock. to jump off the rock. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I'll be fine. I'll be totally fine. And I would. I was watching the tide and making sure it was deep enough. It was. I wasn't being stupid. But... Uh, now I just wouldn't do it. Really? No, it's something in my gut. And it changed you. Ch I mean, this—I don't mean this to too revealing, but I think there's something that changed in you sexually too. Like mm -hmm. you were a little more of a wildcat. I was. When we met. I was, I was trying to work on a bit about that. I think that. Um, I think that's a layered thing uh, with the sexuality that changed after we, I had Georgia. I think I didn't know this at the time, but when if you've had trauma uh, with sex, um, it sometimes is physically triggered with childbirth um, and it causes emotional problems. And I think that happened for me for part. That's part of what was going on. Part of it, I was exhausted. And part of it, I, I didn't when my kids were old enough to hear sex or walk in on sex and be confused by it. I was exposed to sex so much with my mom. It made me really uncomfortable as a child. So I think part of me was always, because, you know, you know, I always have sex when the kids were in school mm -hmm. because I felt like I could freaking relax. But I think that part of me that walked in on her or heard her talk about it or watched her walking around naked and talking about sex so much as a child that I just went, I'm not doing that to my kids. My kids will not, not that I didn't want them to see me as a sexual being, but I didn't want sex to be like shoved down their throat from their mom. You know, it's a weird, it was a weird way to grow up. Well, it's been, it's been isolating being the only one to be able to shove sex down their throat. <laughs> Shut up. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it was a layered thing. I don't think it was just one thing. I think it was being exhausted from having a baby and I do think that that childbirth, that child, that first baby fucked my shit up down there. Like everything down there was like blown apart. And 
to have been traumatized there before and then be traumatized with the natural traumatization of having a vaginal birth. It's just going to happen. You know, then it just I've read about it and I've talked to a therapist about it. It sometimes can trigger trauma like a like a trigger. Really? Yeah. So I think by the time I was trying to piece things back together, piece together the fact that my vagina had exploded, had stitches, was swollen, felt terrible. Um, it didn't feel the same. Like sex before a baby for me and sex after a baby were completely different. So that's very like disconcerting. Like I didn't know what to do with that. Part of me felt like I was broken forever. It takes time for you, your body to, to heal itself. And even, even after healing, it's not the same. So then if you have something that it'd probably be like, you know, being in a car accident and having to have reconstructive surgery on your face where you look in the mirror and you know that's you, but that doesn't look like the you that you've seen your whole life. That, I knew a dude that happened to when you were 16. And so then it's got, it, it makes you, it's very unnerving or that's how I, that's how it affected me. That may not be how it affects everybody, but that's definitely how it affected me. And then, you know, part of it, you get older and your libido changes. Part of a woman's sex drive is to have babies. Now I've had babies. So the sex drive changes, your hormones change, your energy level as a human being changes. I think all different things kind of happen and change. But having a baby really, really did a number on me, I think. Do you think my parents still have sex? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do. Don't, did not need to hear that. I, well, you asked the question. I know, I didn't, I, I thought, <laughs> I didn't, oh. Did you want me to say, huh, honey, I'm not sure. Yes, I do. I think that's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is. It's really wonderful. Yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah. <laughs> You're the one that asked the question. I didn't bring it up. You asked me. Don't you hope we're still having sex when we're 75? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, it, I think it's... <laughs> Why are you vomiting about yourself or me? <laughs> Both of us. I, you know what I need to do? I need to... <laughs> I saw myself naked the other day, and I went, why am I asking Leanne to have sex with this? <laughs> Well, I can say the same about me. I'm I'm in a weird place with my body now. I, I, I feel like I'm tired of feel like I'm constantly failing. I feel like. In what percentage of Americans do you think have this conversation? Like, do you think the majority of Americans are like, oh, yeah, I'm not happy with my body? Or do you think the majority of Americans are just like, yeah, my body's fucking awesome? Oh, I think a majority of Americans are not happy with their body. But I'm trying to get to a place where I go, I work out really hard three days a week. You do? I don't eat like a lunatic. I don't eat like four pieces of pizza. I don't. Look, I, easy. I, I, That's me. Yeah, but I'm 100 pounds lighter than you. Yeah. I, I'm a foot shorter. So I don't act like a lunatic. I don't drink often. Uh, I don't do, I don't drink soda. I don't do all these things that are supposed to make you really I heavy. Soda. I had a soda today. But. So I'm trying to balance in my brain the fact that I live pretty moderately in my diet. Mm -hmm. I exercise hardcore three days a week. I'm an extremely active person. And this is what my body does with that at 52. Yeah. And if I compare myself to my genetic gene pool, I'm doing really well. 
for compared to, you know, my aunts and uh, the other women that are in my gene pool. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. But I'm trying to to make that be enough. But it's really hard because a lot of time I look in the mirror and I go, that's gross. I don't like the way I look in the mirror. So it's a, it's a real it's mind I, fuck because I Can I tell you how to improve that? <laughs> Just look at your tits. That's all I do. I look at your tits <laughs> and your ass. You can ask Isla last night, last night we we're walking oh behind you. Oh my god. And and <laughs> Well, I have a good ass. I said to Isla, I go, look at that butt. And she goes, Uh, you're not supposed to say that to your daughter. <laughs> I can t- I can appreciate your mom's body. I do She's have like, a good ass. I mean, great let me body. tell you something. I, my trainer is doing a fantastic job. Uh, there's n- he's my body. I have my trainer today. My body is about as good as it could be unless I ate lean protein and greens and nothing else. Right? That's the only way I can improve myself. And I'm not mm-hmm. sure that I would enjoy that life. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't enjoy life. Again, about accessing joy. Does it bring me joy to be? you know 15 pounds lighter and eat nothing all day long that gives me joy where's the joy come from i'm not going through the drive-through getting joy i'm just eating whatever i kind of want and not get so much joy from a drive-through well i do too but my point is that's not how i work every day i'm every i just had a wonderful salad for lunch i had a salad it was a great green salad with jicama and pumpkin seeds and, and all kind of stuff. Fucking awesome! But do you see what I'm trying to say? I get joy out of tri- I get I drive joy out of food, but then I I take it too far. Well, I think there's got to be a balance of saying I'm not eating like a lunatic, but I'm also not willing to eat greens and protein only. So if I'm not willing to do what you need to do to have that ultimate body, then you have to accept what you have All right. when you do what you're willing to do. List to Does me, that make sense? Yeah, list to me healthy foods you like. Oh, there's so many. I like arugula. I like spinach. I like mixed I love greens. Spinach. I love spinach. I love garlic. I like asparagus, broccoli, spinach, garlic, green beans, avocados. Avocados. I like a lot of fish. I don't I like love salmon. Fish. I like shrimp. I like chicken. I like lean pork. I like... Um, what are oh the vegetables? God. I like all. Oh I like a ton of vegetables. Squash, Dave zucchini. Made, Dave made a pork the other night that was to die for. Mm-hmm. Oh, the eight pillars of health. That's a lot of pillars. Did you text me them? Physical, nutritional, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, Sweet. Okay. financial, environmental. Okay, go. Name them again. I wouldn't listen. Physical. Okay, I'm on it. I'm. I walked. I walked a mile and a half before my panic attack. But I think I just got overwhelmed with everything. I got on the treadmill. I started to work out. I was. I was watching. Was it the Kate. AC guy that overwhelmed well, the you? AC, well, you texted <laughs> me, and then well, I was on the phone with Stacy. Oh, got it. And then you texted me, and I went, "Hold on, Stacy." And then I was so busy, I forgot I was on the phone with Stacy. And so, what were you busy? With? I had to go in. He needed. He was in the basement. I had to get him out of the basement. Why'd you have to get him out of the basement? It was just a lot. It was a lot going on, okay? Oh, my God. And so... Um, and was then he I'll, trapped in the basement? No, I had to get the dog. No. Did I you have to get, to get a rope and get him out of the basement? I did. Did you take a pickaxe and dig him out of the basement? And so then <laughs> I... I hate when my necklace is out I of just my Change shirt. the subject. Change the subject. So I then came back. I had to get the dogs out. Oh, my God. By the time I got on the treadmill the second time, I was... I was just was like... <laughs> I was... I... I, I put the phone down and drop squad and i went 
Bert's going to come undone because I just asked him to take the dogs out. And then when you called, <laughs> told me you had this panic attack. As soon as I hung up, Sandy went, oh, my God, that's because the AC guy came. I said, I'm telling you. And then I was pulled up here and you're waiting on the back porch for me going, Leanne. I wasn't waiting on the Leanne. back porch. <laughs> I was like, he's, oh, no, 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 no. Yes, you were. I was right I was watching you on like 360 <laughs> going, what the fuck is she doing? You were tracking me coming home from where you knew I was. I, I was like, <laughs> I need this woman to be home now. I was I was spiraling out and I was taking my blood pressure obsessively. <laughs> like obsessively. I said to say when we hung up, I said, I think we're starting our re-entry right now. I think it was a delayed. I think it was stunted. We have arrested development in the re-entry. I think it's starting today. I, I definitely She put her hand on mine and went, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was really funny. I uh I'm sorry. <laughs> I was bumped. I wanted to run four miles before my trainer today. I know. But I got out of I got out of my, myself. But I'm cool. What I'm gonna do is after we do this podcast, I'm gonna go you lay have your down. Trainer. I'm gonna lay down. She, she comes at five. Yeah. I'm gonna lay down. I'm gonna take my blood pressure again. I think yeah. my blood pressure is good. What happened was when we got those IVs the last time, I get very nervous when someone else takes my blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that it's going to be high and they won't let me leave. Because mm -hmm. that happened one time at a hospital and fucking. They won't let you leave? I, I got hurt in Jersey. Oh, but you were injured. I know, but they wouldn't let me leave the hospital because my blood pressure was high. And so uh, sometimes if your blood pressure, once they take your blood pressure as a, as, They've got it. They have a responsibility. They go, you're going to, whatever. So I got off the treadmill. I went and took my blood pressure. And it initially was like 168 over 83. And I went, that's like, I'm having a stroke. Like, that's too high. And then I got online and, and it said, uh, it said, let's see if I can find the thing. It said something about blood pressure. And they're like, just, you know, after you work out, after you work out or during your workout, it's totally normal for your blood pressure to be high. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. And then I took it again and it was 145. And I was like, okay, it's going down. And then I took it again, it was 135. And then I was like, all right. And then I did a, a calm app. I, I did a calm meditation. Mm -hmm. And it was all about bad thoughts about your brain versus your mind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. And then I was like, all right, I just need Leanne to show up. and Because you're like a little bit of a Xanax for me. Mm -hmm. I go, if, I, if Leanne shows up, she'll explain that I'm I'm not fucking. No, I was on the phone. Yeah, and you were on the phone. Then And then. I was on the phone because we have rats in our basement. And I was calling the exterminator to come. Because I, it's one thing I can't do. You know, I, I can't do rat traps. They just, they just, they just hurt my soul. I just need someone to come and just, I just need to know it's not happening. I don't, I don't want to see how they get rid of rats. I don't want to know about it, but there's rat droppings in our basement and we got to handle it. So that's who I was talking to yeah. when you called. So, um, but it's going to be fine. I wanted to run four miles. It's fine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work out with, I'm going to take a nap after this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to sleep on this angled fucking pillow because I don't want food in my fucking throat. <laughs> How's that working for you? The give me the pot, give me the pillars. Give me the pillars. Okay, nutritional. I'm I'm, I'm I had a slip last night with the pizza uh -huh. uh <laughs> and the and the Tito's and the beer and the cigar and the mm -hmm. but working on nutritional. Okay, working on nutritional. Emotional. I don't know what is that. Like I'm in love. <laughs> no, 
how's your emotional health? Are you, are you emotionally healthy? You, you have a lot of anxiety and you, but you're overall, I think you're pretty emotionally healthy, emotionally healthy. today. Yeah. Today I feel very today, emotionally healthy. Yes. Now that your, your Xanax is home. Social. You think you're healthy socially? You have, do you have friends that you enjoy spending time oh, yeah, with? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very yeah. healthy. Okay. I'm very healthy. Spiritual. No. You don't think you're very spiritually healthy? I think I, I think I'm spiritually needy. <laughs> you think you think God thinks you're needy? Yeah. <laughs> Baby, God is limitless. The God that I was taught about is limitless. So there is no such thing as you being too needy or you've been talking to the wrong fella. I just feel like I feel like I go to God when in times of desperation as opposed to like I was I'll tell you I I got to be honest. Does he feel like didn't I, you, I was, that's neglectful, I not was, needy. Yeah, neglectful. I I was better when I was doing when I was doing my affirmations or uh -huh, whatever. Your journaling and thing. my journaling. I was better. I've been better. I've been healthier. I'm, I'm slacking on that. Mm -hmm. So I think if I go back to my happiness journal and start things, doing my gratitudes in the morning, mm -hmm. I think I'd be better. I think I need that. You do need okay. that. You All do right. need that because you are a catastrophe thinker sometimes. All right. So so let's, you access joy beautifully, but you have this other demon that sits on your shoulder that's catastrophe, catastrophe. So I can. I'm, I'm I'm about to clean up all these columns. Okay. So well, I still have more keep columns. Keep going. Keep going. Intellectual. I think you're pretty smart. Yeah, but um, but I'm not I'm not feeding that. Ah. Oh wait, I take that back. No, well, I'm not. Well, you do I'm play not. the game every day. Wordle. I do Wordle. I do Wordle. I do. Um, you listen to a lot of history podcasts. I listen to a lot of. Okay, I'm good. I'm okay. good. All right, because that's all it takes: Wordle and some history podcasts. <laughs> hey, Easter Island doesn't have trees. <laughs> oh, good to know. Uh, financial, very I'm healthy. Fine, yeah. Um. Well. Sometimes you do overspend on things that you don't need to overspend on, but yeah. you're financially secure. Yeah. And environmental. I'm not really sure what that means. Are you taking care of the environment or does that mean is your environment healthy? Are is you my living? environment healthy? That's a great question. How to make how do I make my environment more healthy? I have notes on that, but you don't want to hear them. You mean cleanliness? I don't well, cleanliness is one of them, but it has been proven. That tidiness abates anxiety. Well, you're about to you're about to blow a gasket. Cause Peter put all my clothes in from the bus in there. Peter told me today, I'm pretty certain you're a hoarder. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think so. He goes, Well, you, when you see what the amount of clothes you have on that bus, mm. I, I need to clean I need to declutter my closet. Mm -hmm. I need to get rid of a lot of t shirts. Would you like me to hire the service that came in and did it the first time? Because you don't you don't do it well with me. I'm gonna do it. Oh boy! I only sure. wear I only wear all those cubbies at the foot of our bed have been there since July. Have you worn any of those t-shirts? I'm not, baby. I haven't worn any t-shirts other than James' purse. Mm -hmm. So then I can just get rid of all of those. Yeah, but I have some emotional time. <laughs> That's my point. So your environment. Your outside really does affect your inside. It oh, then, really I'm, does. then I'm a mess. Like if you look, if you go into my gym right now, it's filled with shit. If you go into my podcast studio, it's filled with shit. I have so much shit. It is proven. It is proven that tidiness abates anxiety. That is and a I fact. To, I need to tidy the fuck. And up. that is not. And tidiness is a habit. 
that's you being in the habit of putting your clothes in the hamper or putting your dishes in the sink or whatever you're putting your toothbrush back in the rack or whatever you determine that to be. But at the end of the day, when the toothbrush is out, the shoes are out, the clothes are out. When you take a broad look at the room, your brain sees untidy. It sees chaos. And guess what it then creates more of chaos. Chaos. So when you see order, your brain calms down. That's like a, that's like a scientific fact. I'm not making that up. Uh-huh. I know I'm a tidy person compared to you. You're very tidy. But I'm not saying that for my own benefit. Clearly, I've lived with you for 20 years and dealt with your untidy. But it is proven that tidiness positively affects anxiety. I've been trying to teach that to Isla. She won't listen to me. And then your sister, Cotty, came in her room and she went, Isla, how do you live like this? I have anxiety. And if my room is like this, I would be having panic attack after panic attack. You have to tidy your room. If Isla's you, room's a fucking mess. Her, well, she's a teenager. My room like that too looked like that too as a teenager. But I thought, well, at, but at some point my brain went, I can't do this anymore. I got to keep it like in order or I can't move forward with I my need, day. I need more space. I need an No, you do not need, need more space. <laughs> We're not getting more space. You need to get rid of some shit. I need addition. No. All right, so then let's... Talk, say the columns and I'll say the things that do run through the columns real quick and I'll give you okay. one word of how, okay. how we're at. Okay. Physical. Yes, I'm working out today. We're okay. We're good on physical. Nutritional. I'm eating trifectas and I'm not drinking. Emotional. I'm in love with you. <laughs> that's not what it means. Needy. <laughs> that's maybe not healthy. <laughs> if something happens to you, I'm destroyed. What? <laughs> I have an anxiety attack because the AC man is trapped in the basement. <laughs> And I have to get him. <laughs> the AC man's, I had to get him out of the basement. Guess what? There's a stairway. Okay, I, I, might be, I might be a little loose on emotional. There's Keep going. A, <laughs> social. Social. I love my friends. Yes. Spiritual. Uh, I'm going to start. Needs do, improving. Le- I'm going to work on my happiness journal, and I'm going to do affirmations and gratitudes. Great. Intellectual. I'm, lis- I'm going to listen to uh, more podcasts about Easter Island. <laughs> That'll that'll round it I'm up. I'm going to listen to a podcast about the pyramids and how they were built today. Also, that's all you need to know. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Financial. Yeah, I'm not spending any more money. Not that you don't spend any more money. Just that you uh, spend the money wisely yeah. instead of just, you know, unwisely. And environmental. I'm going to douche my closet. You're going to douche your closet? Yeah. Excellent. Peter. Andrew, how bad does the... How how bad does the garage look with all the stuff in there? Uh, okay. It's not that bad? Oh, geez. I have to go check it out. Yeah, I'm a terrible dog. Okay. So let's go deal with my environment uh, now. Okay. Yeah, I have to go pick up your daughter from school. What time? But I can help you. I got to leave in 10 minutes. Okay. I'm going to take a nap. Hey, we take well, wait. What happened to your environmental? Oh, I'm going to go with you. And... Are you going with me with Isla? No, no, I'm going to go about? with you into the house. Oh. Hey, can you take Mona with you? No, please? no, I'm going to take him. Please? Can we tie her up in the backyard? <laughs> we just need a in muzzle. In the back corner? Can I put her in the sauna? <laughs> hey, can we, I'm not even joking. Can you, I mean, Can she live in the podcast no, no, studio? It's horrible, isn't it? It's, and it makes me hate her. And I don't hate her, I love her. So yesterday, yeah, so yesterday, she, so for those who don't know, Mona is our oldest dog. Yeah, she's 15, 15. we think. She's, she's deaf. Blind. She lost an eye. 
Yep, and, and she's a, deaf. And she's deaf. And she probably has dementia or something like that. And so, so we have two baby gates that keep the big dogs out of the whole house. By the way, if you if you leave the baby gates open, mm-hmm. the big dogs still don't go through them. Sometimes they do. Oh, really? Yeah, you kind of have to you you kind of have to trick them a little bit. So, um, Mona will go from one baby gate, and you'll let her out that gate. And she'll walk around to the other baby gate and you'll let her in that baby gate. And then she'll walk to the other one and you go out and in. And she barks every time she gets to a gate. She just barks. She's like the old people you see that are walking in malls in the north to get their like. This is circle. Is that you? Yes, me. It's over. Okay. Um, She barks constantly. She stands. She follows me everywhere. She'll stand in the middle of that room. Both dogs will be sleeping and she'll just bark. Huh? Staring at the fireplace. At nothing. Huh. I mean, I feel huh. terrible for her. So, yeah. But after six or eight hours of it, you're like, fuck off. So stop. So um so I, I'm I'm hyper aware that I don't that it's I'm gonna miss Mona. Mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna miss Mona. When Mona dies, I'm gonna miss Mona. I'm not gonna miss the barking. I'm gonna miss Mona. Me too, terribly. So, so yesterday I get up and uh Mona's barking. And I'm, I'm, and George's got friends upstairs. And I, I went and I was, and I said, God damn it, Mona. And then I thought, that's not how I feel about Mona. Mm-hmm. I love her. So I said, come here. So I take her over to the couch. I put her on the couch and I start sc- playing with her. And mm-hmm. she loves it. Mm-hmm. She puts her head in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe she needs a little love. Mm-hmm. Maybe what I got to do is give her a little love. Mm-hmm. So I give her a little love. The second I walk away, her bark speeds up. Yeah. And she goes double time on yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. now she knows that I'm in the room. Yeah. And she's trying to get me to come back. So I, I go, fine. And so I sit on the couch and I play with her. This is when, I think when you walked in. Then as soon as I sit on the couch, Izzy gets on top of me. And then <laughs> and then Mac, who's 140 pounds, mm-hmm. gets on me uh, and and is aggressive yeah. with, with his ownership of me. Yeah. Both dogs walk away, and I got now I'm back, and I'm like, this is not how I plan my morning. Yeah. And then I got in the pool, and I swam, and I righted my boat. I think Mona wants to sit in someone's lap all day, and it's just not how this house can function. We just can't function like that. And I feel really bad that that's actually kind of what she needs. Yeah. But I can't give it to her. So she breaks my heart a little bit i feel the same way i i yell at her a lot only because she can't hear until you absolutely lose your mind yell at her then she can kind of hear you like you can clap where can we put her in this house (laughs) in your bed i mean i'm being serious i'm thinking about just saying to peter hey can i just leave with you and go up and uh, sleep in bed with you because i'd rather sleep with a dude than have mona in the house she can't today i put her outside the house she st- stood at the fucking window of our bedroom and was barking at the window. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm trying to get my blood pressure down. Yeah, it's really frustrating, but we'll be sad when she's gone. She's a sweet dog. Do you think she's people feel that way so about sweet. humans? I think so. You know what? When my grandfather died, of course, we were all very upset, but he had been suffering from dementia and he'd gotten really violent toward the end of his life and he died in his sleep and my i think my grandmother was so relieved as much as she didn't want him to be gone there was just he wasn't here anyway yeah he wasn't himself he wasn't acting like himself and he was very difficult for her um 
And I think as much, of course, as she didn't want him to die, obviously, I think she was like, oh, thank God that's over. You know, it's hard. I couldn't imagine living with him. I mean, the guy was freaking six foot four, enormous guy. Just, you know, he, he like swung a hammer at my dad toward the end of his life because my dad wouldn't give him the key to his four-wheeler. And so it, at a certain point, you're like, I would imagine it would be a relief. Um, Do you think they had hypochondriacs before books? What? Like before, do you think, do you think like when the bubonic plague came out, there were people that were like, I'm pretty sure I got it. <laughs> like, like people like my sister. Do you think people were like. Your sister or yourself? <laughs> I think yeah, my sister myself is what you should. Can talk. I tell you how grateful I am to <sighs> Joe getting me that antibody test? Yeah. Because I have absolute i wasn't gonna do it and he goes why aren't you gonna do it and i said because i don't i want to believe i have antibodies yeah because i'm very happy and yeah. he goes wouldn't you rather know if you have antibodies <laughs> and i said no I'd, I'd rather just say i like I'm, living in fantasy yeah, i don't I like, like living, living in fact <laughs> and so um so i he was like just take the fucking test so i took it and then the second i found out i had antibodies i went oh cool i get to now i don't have to worry about getting covid for a minute yeah. for for however long those antibodies last all right well let's wrap it up um did you like doing my podcast again i love doing your podcast i'm afraid i'm afraid because it's you i overshare already on enough i'm afraid that because i do yours i really overshare but i your fans are different than po the regular podcast listeners your fans are like good people. I agree. I have really good. That's why fans. you don't have a problem reading your comments. You post a clip, and everyone's like, "I'm so happy to have learned that you did such a great job on that interview, Leanne." Oh, I have a new favorite person, and then, uh, and then I read my fans, and they're like, "Hey, Bert, can you please stop blowing air through your teeth like my grandmother cleans her dentures?" <laughs> I don't even realize I go, I go like this. <laughs> I don't know. I have really good fans, and and I'm sure Halston sneaks in and and deletes any negative comments <laughs> before I get to see them. I'm sure I get some negative ones. I think that's human nature sometimes, but I don't understand why people do that, especially when it's to a guest of mine with someone who's volunteered their time and not getting paid. They're usually an expert in their field and all they want to do is share their knowledge with anybody who is interested in hearing it. So I don't know why anybody would leave a negative comment for a kind giving person like my guests are. It it's, makes uh, me really frustrated. They don't think you're going to read it and then, and then, uh, but I do and I don't like it. And, but you know what? I also understand that it's human nature. I don't care if anybody makes a bad comment to me. You want to end on, you know, I have so many people who've said like the only reason she's blah 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 is because her husband's Burt Kreischer all day long say that yeah. all day long I don't give a shit about that well, I, I, I get really <laughs> I get really upset when they say something negative about the, the person that has been gracious enough to talk to me about whatever we're talking to I think that's a crock of shit because most of the people that come on my podcast are not here for fame or fortune they're here to be helpful and I think that's bullshit when wanna, someone does that you want to end on a really prophetic statement okay are you giving it or am i cotty gave it oh okay the other night we're in the kitchen mm -hmm. i'm having a drink with cotty and cotty said something we were talking about uh comments and i said yeah i don't really read the comments and i don't i definitely don't reply to anyone and she said uh i think she said why and i said well i don't 
it doesn't benefit me. And I said, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes because people write things and you want to fix it. Like there was a guy, there, there's a comment that really stuck with me. Um, he goes, I was promoting a lot for the Greeks. I wanted to sell it out clean. It's 5,500 seats or whatever. And it's in a festival where there's uh, 250 comics in LA all selling tickets and and 30 of the biggest shows that LA has ever had comedy-wise are happening within that week period. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, it was a really tough ticket to sell mm -hmm. because of that. And I, and, 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 the, and I knew that. And I knew that I was going to over-promote mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and even Tom said, man, you really promote the shit out of it. I said, well, yeah, I'm still, I'm at, I was like, I'm at 85% and we're like two weeks out. I normally sold, they're sold out by then. Mm -hmm. And that, like 85 is a big number, especially when you look at the seating map. And I did another promo in this and I read, I was reading the comments. This is probably the last time I looked at the comments. No lie. Uh, it's, it's probably a month out from the Greek. And I read the comment. Some guy I wrote, some guy wrote, um, uh, wow wow bert a lot of promotion for this gig guess you can't sell tickets anymore mm. and i and and it it hurt my feelings so i was like no i wanted to i wanted to write i wanted to explain it yeah i wanted to go no there's a lot of comedian and then yeah. i was like wait this guy doesn't want my explanation no he wanted to hurt my feelings yeah exactly and i said to Cody, it's at times like that we're being tight-lipped and, mm -hmm. and not saying anything mm -hmm. it's kind of frustrating because you want to reply you want to defend yourself. Oh, totally. And Cody Chrysler said, you sold out the Greek. And I went, well, I know, but I had to promote it. She goes, no, 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 no. You sold out the Greek. She goes, Bert. And he goes, with Cody, little fucking venom. She goes, I'd rather be tight-lipped and winning than loose-lipped and losing. Oh. And I went, oh. She goes, yeah, let those fuckers lose and type all the shit they want to write. Yeah. And just keep your mouth shut and keep doing what you're doing. You're yeah. doing really well. And I went, yeah, yeah wait, what am I, what? What do I care? What do I care if? And by the way, it's probably a fucking twenty-three-year-old kid doesn't know what he's doing. Big fan of the podcast. Maybe he doesn't like me. Does by the way, the guy didn't even follow me. Mm -hmm. He didn't even follow me. He just went. He just wanted to go to spit. Yeah, and I and went for what? For what, man? And I remember. I don't understand. It. And I let that that comment bothered me because I was like, I, I wanted to defend myself, mm -hmm. but you just can't. And I. Uh, and I, and I, I, and, but Cotty said, what Cotty said that I'd rather be tight lipped and winning than loose lipped and losing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, just, you, you gotta, I mean, it, it's, if you got a lot of happiness around you. Yeah. I'm very in love with my very beautiful 52 year old sexually <laughs> active wife. I've got two kids that I'm, that both Georgia and Isla that I think I'm making great strides where I, where I've slipped up over the pandemic. I think, mm -hmm. I think I've repaired a lot of that, those relationships and I'm doing really well with both of them. I agree. You're with doing really both well. With the both fact kids, that Georgia yeah. trusted me to, to get her that from that, you know, that party yeah. stuff. Um, I have a great group of people that I work with that I really love being around. Mm -hmm. I love my job. I love doing stand-up comedy. And today, for the first time, I felt inspired. Mm. Like, I think I've been pushing it so hard that today I started writing down things. And I was like, well, man, I haven't re really been thinking too much about my act because mm -hmm. I haven't had a chance to breathe. Mm -hmm. no, I, got a, I got a lovely house that we got a great deal on because my wife's a savage. <laughs> we live in a beautiful house because you did it all yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you have great friends. 
and I looked at the fucking lineups for Fully Loaded. Mm-hmm. Jess sent them to me. Yeah. This fucking floored me. Jess sent this to me. I, this was the first one I saw. You have an incredible team that works for you, too. These ladies. You have a lot of ladies who are just killing it. Yeah. I saw this. I saw what was the lineup I saw where I was like, I was like, how do I, how do I put this line? Oh, it was uh, Dayton, Ohio. Big J Ogerson, Taylor Tomlinson, David Tell, Shane Gillis, and me. We haven't announced two more people that are fucking murderers. We haven't announced them. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, where do I put Taylor? I, I have a hard, I, I'm going to have a hard time following Taylor, Dave, or Shane. Mm-hmm. Or Big J. Big J's hosting. Mm-hmm. He's going to do time and then bring me up. Mm-hmm. I was like looking at these lineups going like, I got I to gotta set the lineups of like where people go. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. The next night's Big J Okerson, Taylor Tomlinson, David Tell, Fortune Feimster. Are you really promoting Gillis. on my podcast? I, I was not. <laughs> I was not. But look at look at this one. I mean, yeah, no, I was not. I was not meaning to, but I remember looking at that going, I got I'm gonna hang out with my favorite fucking yeah, humans. Yeah, it's two gonna weeks. be great. It's gonna be great. So guys. <sighs> Leave all the positive comments you want. Leave all the negative ones. I will not see them. <laughs> I don't read. I don't pay any attention to the negative ones if they have to do with me or you or or actually or my kids because nobody knows who we really are. I just don't like the ones, the people that sit on the couch and people, especially people who make petty comments about how someone looks. Just ridiculous. Uh, I almost did that today. I, you know, it's, it's a nat, it's a human nat I understand nature. it's human, I but saw- we're all grownups and you can say no to yourself and say that's not necessary. Tight lips, winning. Loose lips, losing. You're a loser if you do that. If you comment on somebody, oh, she's got a big nose. Why is that fucking necessary? It's not necessary. Has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Has nothing to do with anything. So take your she's got a big nose comment and shove it because that's so unkind to the person who sat here and volunteered their time to give information for free to the world for whatever it is, for marriage, for college, for Book club. I don't, they don't get paid to talk about book club. We don't make money. We're just doing it for fun and to entertain people if they're interested. So if you're not interested, if you think we're losers, if you think the only reason I'm interested is because I'm Burt Kreischer's wife, don't listen. Move on. There's no point in leaving a shitty comment. I posted a picture. I'll I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, I posted a picture one time Mm -hmm. with a friend, a girl that was, I was out on the road and she had her friends over and we posted a picture. And they're like, oh, you have a million followers. Oh, I bet well, I'm going to get a lot of followers. I go, hey, can I just give you advice? I wouldn't read the comments. And they're like, why? I said, because the world you live in with, the, you know, like 700 followers is a, is a, is a small. I go, I, this is a bigger stage. Mm-hmm. And the comments can be kind of nasty. I would just, and they're not, and they're trying to be funny. They're trying to get be funny and get followers because they think that'll be promoting them. And I said, I just wouldn't. And she goes, oh, I think it's fine. The first comment. Bleep her name out, okay? Mm-hmm. the first comment destroyed her oh and i went why would you and she goes oh, wait that whoa that oh my god with it what the Aww. fuck and then the whole night she was worried about that comment oh and i was like that's i was like just don't and then i was like maybe it's my fault i shouldn't have posted a pep i was excited to see her you know yeah that's and terrible so, well, we have to wrap up i'm, right, I'm already three minutes late right, going i love to you i love you i'm going to hey, take a nap thank you for being on my podcast thank you for having me on your thank podcast. you for the conversation no thank you i'm gonna go take a nap 
Okay, have a good night. I love you. I love you too, babe. Bye. 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 I think that we should go.